Thanks for listening to the Church at Severn Run Messages podcast. You can find more information about the church at severnrun.com. Enjoy the message. All right, for those of you who are uh, just joining us in this series, we are walking through Galatians chapter 5 in the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit simply means what the Spirit of God produces when we let Him in, when we open the door and we let the Spirit of God inside, how does that live out? And today we're talking about goodness, but not a goodness that's weak. Today in this message, I'm just telling you that that your life can be changed and my life has been and is being changed by the Word of God. And and the truth is that, that life is changed um, by, by our thinking, by what goes on between the left ear and the right ear. Everything that you see around you was a thought at some point. The chair you're sitting on was a thought in, in somebody's mind. This building was a thought. The car you're driving, it was a thought. The clothes you're wearing, they were a thought that somebody had. The, the good and bad things that have happened to you in life, um, they were in some way, uh, you know, impacted by a thought that somebody was having in that moment. So our thinking really matters. And today we're going to look at the Word of God and see how our thinking can change and how we can get a new set of lenses to see life through. Now, the, the scripture says in Romans chapter 12 too, do not conform to the pattern of this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So the pattern of this world is brokenness, it's separation from God, it's self-will, it's arrogance, uh, it it is all of the bad that we've seen in the world. That's the pattern of this world. It's exalting ego um, and, and you and I are supposed to be different. We're not supposed to live like that. But we're supposed to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And God could have created a world in which we lived in a single season under a single sun. But he didn't. He created, he created spring and, and, and summer and, and winter and fall changes. He created days and nights so that every day we would have to wake and begin again. And so the scripture is inviting us to have a new mind. So I want to say you're not stuck, right? Wherever you are right now in your life, you are not stuck. If you will allow God to change your thinking by faith, you can be free in, in, a, in a new way. And the scripture says when we allow the word of God to transform our mind, then we'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, there's that word we're going to be talking about, pleasing and perfect will. Now, Craig Rochelle said something this week that just kind of stuck with me. He said, your life is moving in the direction of your strongest thought right now. Think about it. It's kind of an odd statement, but think about it. Your life is moving in the direction of your strongest thought. And so what is that thought? Um, You know, for some of us, it could be anger at a person and we're nurturing, nursing a grudge against somebody. That's the strongest thought, the, the thought that has the most energy in our life. Well, then our life is moving towards um, towards revenge or or towards sadness or anger or something. Maybe the strongest thought in your life uh, this week has been just getting some rest. 
Uh, or maybe it's been lust. Maybe it's been porn. Maybe the strongest thought in your life has been uh, you know, getting a new car. Uh, maybe it's gaining somebody's approval. Uh, you know, whatever, you know, whatever is true for you is determining the direction of your life. Now I want you to think about what, what thought is the dominant one in your life right now. And, and then, then ask yourself, um, are you excited about where that thought is taking you? Some of you may be uh, thinking about your, your frustration or, or anger with your spouse and, and your thought is resentment and distance from them. Well, that's where your thinking is going to take you. Are you excited about where your strongest thought is leading you? And then he also went on to say something that we've certainly heard before, but it's just true. You cannot live a positive life with a negative mind. And, and the reality is that today, in the word of God, God is offering us the chance for renewal, every one of us, in a real way. You guys are amazing to me. And, and your faith and, and your response to God is, is epic in my mind. But I'm telling you, if we'll hear the word of God today, I believe with all of my heart that there can be a new spirit among us, a new attitude, a new optimism, a new hope, a new power in our lives. Because the truth is that, that so many of us in the world are, are seeing the world and seeing life through original sin. So we're talking about renewing of a mind. It's like cleaning of the glasses. Um, we're talking about getting a new set of lenses to see life. But, but the lenses that, that many of us are looking at life through right now are the lenses of original sin. What do I mean about original sin? Well, um, let's, let's go back and, and, and see. Um, it's doubting that God and life are, are infinitely good. That's... That's what happened in, in Genesis chapter 3. Um, in, in, um, in verse 6, when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, there's that word again, and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some of it and ate it. So here was God, all right, who created good and, and invited us into goodness if you look in, in Genesis chapter 1, um, you'll, you'll see that over and over again, there's God celebrating what he's done in creation. So I don't know how God created the earth, the heavens and the earth. I believe that he did. And I, I think it's simplistic thinking to think that, that, um, that you and I understand the mysteries of the universe, that we understand, you know... Um, you know, subatomic particles so that we understand the mysteries of quarks and other things. And, you know, I mean, we it's just so amazing what God has done, but God did it. And in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty and darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And over and over again in Genesis chapter one, the scripture says, and God saw that it was good. The earth was created in goodness. That was the heart of God. It was the gift of God. It was the work of God. God is good and what he does is good. And, and so God created the earth in goodness. And over and over again in Genesis chapter 1, um, and God saw that it was good. And God saw all that he was created and it was good. And God saw the lights and it was good. Verse 12, verse 18, um, over and over again. 
And at the end of all creation, God stands back and he says, it is all good. And in the garden, God created uh, goodness for, for us to live in. And, but there was one small boundary in the goodness. God created uh, this one small area and God said, this is where you get to exercise your free will. I've given all of this to you in my goodness and, and I am commanding you to stay away from here. But in the seeds of the original sin was this idea that God is not good, that he's withheld good from me, that there's something I needed, I wanted, and he didn't give me, so I'm going to take it. And all of us live with this idea in our life that God has not been good to us, that he's withheld some good for us. It may be another man, it may be another woman, it may be a better job, um, it may be we look in the mirror, don't like what we see. However it is, it is doubt that, that God is good. And that, that created this epic explosion of separation and sin and, and this tumble down uh, sadness and brokenness and, and hell on earth that we've been living with since. Seeing the world through original sin means that we downplay that what God has said is actually true. And so the serpent says in Genesis 3.1, did God really say you can't eat from any tree of the, the fruit of the garden? And you and I hear the things that God says, the messages of love and hope and power, and the call to obedience. We, we hear um, about the difference between light and darkness and good and evil and, and the epic adventure that we're called to, 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 to be on and, and the difference our lives can make. They can have a noble eternal purpose. We hear all the words of God and then we downplay them. And the bad of our life becomes more real than, than the good of God's word and the revelation there. And here's the real key too, that when we participated in this original sin, there was the most traumatic separation from God as though uh, a, a six-month infant was removed from the womb. We were torn from the presence of God, what we were created for. And fear took the place of our being created in love. And in Genesis chapter three, verse 10, um, God asks a question, actually in verse nine, he asks the question of all questions and it's a question he's asking each one of us in a different way. Where are you? Now he's God, right? Pre-GPS, he didn't need it. He knows all things at all times, right? And he knows exactly, it's not like you know, Adam could hide behind a tree and God couldn't see him, but he asks, where are you? And I would ask you the same question today. When we begin to talk about God's invitation into his goodness and to see his goodness over all of life and even in the hard to see life as good and the goodness of God is endless, where are we really? And is that overflowing in our life into love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and, and, and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control? Or are we living still east of Eden in the brokenness, dissatisfied? Uh, you've heard me say many, many times that 
There's only two spirits in the world, right? Only two sources. Imagine um, that there are only two car factories in the world, right? And, and you could tell immediately, there's only two in the world, so you could immediately tell this car came from either this factory or this factory, because there's only two. There's only two spirits in the world, the Holy Spirit and the unholy spirit, the spirit of heaven and the spirit of hell. And every attitude, every thought, every idea comes from one of those two sources. Now, you know, you've heard me say that many times. Pastor John has, uh, you know, added to, to, to my understanding of this, and I, I think he's right. The, the, the reality is that, that the original sin let fear invade and infect every area of, of our lives. Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And, and this fear began its destructive, you know, avalanche in our life, in our world. And, and I want to suggest to you that, that there are only two spirits in the world. And, and, and ultimately, behind everything else, there, there are only two realities that those two spirits produce. The Spirit of God produces love. The scripture very clearly says God is what? And for God so the world that he gave. So the spirit of God ultimately, a lot of things under the umbrella, right? A lot of things can be expressed under that, but, but the umbrella of what God produces is love. That's what everything from him is about. Now on the other end, um, you, you might think that it's hate that, that Satan is about producing, but it's not. I think Pastor John is right. It's fear. We see that in chapter 3, verse 10. I was afraid, so I hid. And I want to suggest to you that behind every fear and every sin, uh, behind every sin is fear in the world. Even the smallest of the smallest of the smallest, where you have to turn the sensitivity up really, really high. You know, when, when I was young, uh, we were pretty poor, and, and, um, and I had two brothers, and, and you know how that works with dessert and other things like that, right? Um, and, and like if there was ice cream in the freezer, if you left it long and went to get some, there weren't none, and, you know? And, and I can remember one time, literally, uh, like I got to cut the pie for me and my brother. And I'm sitting there with a knife, and I, I knew where center was. But I'm not going on center. Why? Because I'm afraid there's not going to be enough for me. My mom solved that problem. I remember cutting a candy bar in half, and I thought, great, I get to do this again. And she said, uh, you, you will cut it, and your brother will choose. Oh, man. You could not have taken this to, to MIT and gotten any closer to center on that candy bar, you know. But the fear that there won't be enough, I want to really suggest to you that behind your anger, behind your lust, behind your woundedness, behind your unhappiness, behind your grieving, there is the work of hell, its ultimate umbrella overarching work of fear. I'm afraid I'll be rejected, so I'm going to reject you first. I'm afraid of not being desirable, so I'm going to flirt with this man and, and prove that I am still attractive. 
I'm afraid of being poor, uh, so I'm going to work really, really hard so I can have more stuff to fill the landfill with later. I'm afraid that I am not enough, so I'm going to be harsh and hard and earn respect. Guys, I really want to just tell you that we are living in the the aftershocks of the original standstill. And what it did was it brought darkness into the world. And our, our separation from God is we, we brought darkness and fear into the world that, that has overshadowed the creator of the sun and, and we can no longer see God and his goodness. We live down, we live depressed, we live angry and we live wounded. We live self-centered and, and to the core, afraid. I want to share, guys, with you that fear will always make evil seem stronger than good. Always. So when we talk about the goodness of God, um, it's going to seem weak to some of you because you've been hurt. And, and the reality is that, that evil does have a power. We're not denying that. And the power of evil always works quickly right? Um, you can wreck a car in a second. How long does it take to build one? You can make a single bad decision and ruin your life, but it takes four years to get a degree, you know? And, and, and so there is a power to evil. Uh, evil comes quick, good is slow, but, but good wins and evil loses. And, and we can sum up all the evil in the world um, in that it, there was a cross for the sun, all the, the good of God who created the world uh, so loved that he was going to redeem the world and, and he gave goodness a name and a face. His name was Jesus. And we took the, the returning good of God and we crucified him. That's the evil of the world. But the good of God is also seen in that same story, oddly enough. And the good of God is not seen um, in an easy life and no pain. The good of God is seen in the cross and a resurrection for all his sons and all his daughters. The TV preachers will tell you there's just a resurrection. The Bible will tell you that the good of God is expressed in the cross. God took the very thing that Satan hurled at him and flipped it and revealed his unlimited, endless, overwhelming, victorious power of goodness. And on the third day, now death gets mocked. Oh, death, where is your victory? Where is your sting? You got nothing anymore. And so the goodness of God is powerful and it wins. Jesus said in John 16, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble you and I have to choose where our address is going to be. Where are we going to live? And the, where, the place that we choose that is in our mind. We are all of us living uh, to, to, to varying degrees in a mind of original sin. Separated from God and living fearfully when goodness has called us back. And goodness has invited us home. So you don't have to live where you've been living. You don't have to be who you've been. You don't have to continue living in the addiction, in the sadness, even in the middle of hard circumstances that feel like a cross. God is inviting you into 
his overwhelming, unending, unlimited, joyful goodness. And no cross the world can throw at you can withstand the power of the resurrection. Where you choose to live determines everything. So guys, I want to say to you that in Christ, the joy of good forever beats the sad of bad. And so many of us are living our lives in the sadness and the fear of the badness and the broken of the world. And, and there's a little patina of Christ and Christ thinking on our, you know, in our world, but it's, it's different from that. That's not the, the way that Jesus works. Jesus didn't come to educate you. He, he came to exchange his life, that you would give your life up for him, that, that he would take your broken life and give you a brand new one back. He'd take your old stinking thinking mind and he'd give you a brand new one. He would take all of the bad that the world has thrown at you and he would flip it on his head and reveal his infinite goodness. Guys, I'm just telling you that that some of us are wired to see and feel the bad more deeply than others. I get that. But I'm just also saying that the good of God that has come in Christ has overcome all of the bad. And that by the renewing of our mind, uh, a new way of thinking, and allowing the Holy Spirit of God to come inside of us, that we can experience the goodness of God on earth, a broken world, in a, in a way that is hopeful and positive and, and, and life-changing. The goodness of God can become our strongest thought, not how I've been hurt, not how I've been wounded, not my, my fear and insecurities, so that i got to have more stuff. That's my security. No, it's not. Your security is in the arms of, of, a, of a good God. Galatians 5, 22 says, uh, through 25 says, but the fruit of the Spirit, the supernatural, unending work of God is this, love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness. The goodness of God can become the strongest thought in your life, whether you have cancer, uh, whether you are uh, you know, losing a job, whatever is going on in your life, the goodness of God that began in creation, that was recreated in Christ, it wins if we let it. 1 Corinthians 15, 57 says, but thanks be to God, he gave us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my brothers, stand firm and do the work of the ministry. Don't imagine that anything you're doing is in vain. I'm just telling you, when, when we hear the word of God, again, the original sin, I discount the word of God. Renewed, I, I hear the word of God and I, that becomes my strongest thought. My strongest thought is not my fear, it is the love of God. My strongest thought is not my lust, it is the grace of God. My strongest fear is not my greed, it is the giving of God. My strongest thought is not my sadness and brokenness, it is the hope and the mercy of God. And then your life will move towards that strongest thought. 1 John 5, 4 says, For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Our trust in God's love. Guys, is this making any sense? I'm just telling you, in Christ, in Christ, the joy of all of the unending goodness of God, the heaven that is to come, the Christ who has redeemed the hell of our lives, that is overwhelming and it forever beats the 
the sad of all the bad. You don't have to live looking at life sad any longer. You don't have to live life feeling sorry for yourself. You don't have to live life as though you're a nothing. The good of God has come in Christ. If you'll just open up your life to the goodness of God and receive Jesus and let his spirit generate in you what his spirit does, then the goodness of God is going to flood your life. I'm just telling you, it's like being in a building and the sprinklers come on. (laughs) You know? But the sprinkler is the love and the joy and the peace of God because you just see that the goodness of God is over everything, behind everything, that nothing hell can throw at you. The worst that hell could come up with, torturing the Son of God and, and murdering him, God flips the script and writes the greatest story out of it that's ever been told. He does the same for you and he does the same for, for me. Listen to Romans 16, 20. I love what Paul says here. It's it's just short and sweet and just sums up the whole thing. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. (laughs) You know? Uh, Satan's going to get crushed under your feet. Uh, Do you you feel the victory? Do you feel the goodness? Guys, I want to tell you that you're invited to interpret life through the goodness of God. Not through the sadness and the badness of your your broken experience. In the power of his spirit, not in the brokenness of yours. And here's the real key for the rest of your life. Am I going to interpret life through my brokenness and my sadness and my anger, all of which come from fear, right? That's the the hypothesis here. Or am I going to interpret the rest of my life from the goodness of God, which comes from unending, unstoppable, unkillable love. Now you choose between those two, and there's your life. Whichever two of those is your strongest thought is your destiny. Let the Spirit of God show you life through the goodness of God. I'm telling you, if you and I will hear this message in me, because I... God has just, God slaps me around sometimes. Can I be honest? Um, you know, I'm just telling you, God has spoken to me very, very clearly through this word, and there's, there's changes I've got to make in my life. There's already been changes that have been coming about in my life. Will you let the Spirit of God show you the goodness of God that comes from you being eternally wrapped up in love? If, if the ocean were drinkable water and you were thirsty, you could never drink it. If the love of God could be pictured in some form or fashion, there is love that is infinite beyond your need. Genesis 1.31 says, God saw all that he'd made and it was very good. And you know what? A part of what he has seen is you. Psalm 118.1 uh, says, Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. The work of the Spirit is to bring out goodness, not just you being good, which certainly he will do, but you seeing all in all of life and over all of life the goodness of God, which empowers you and energizes you and, and, and gets you from being defeated and inactive to being proactive and involved. When you believe that good can win, you don't sit on the sidelines. You get in the game and and you take the victory. 
Psalm 118, give thanks to the Lord. Uh, His love endures forever. Psalm 86.5, you, Lord, are forgiving and good, abounding in in love to all who call on you. You don't have to climb Mount Everest on your knees. You just got to call on the name of the Lord. Lord, help me in my sadness. Help me in my marriage. Help me in my anger. What am I afraid of? Lord, I I, I open the door of my life. I'm calling you to fill me with your Holy Spirit and, and, and change my family from a place of darkness and anger to a place where goodness just flows out like Niagara. Psalm 13.6 says, I will sing to the Lord's praise for he's been good to me. I threw that one in for Patrice. Even those of us who can't sing, there is some response when you get a glimpse of the goodness of God, it just comes out of you unstoppably. Psalm 34.8, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. I'm not going to go and move into my brokenness and the bad that happened to me. You know, that that assault that happened to you as a little boy or a little girl, that's not where you're going to go and move in. You're going to go and and, and move into the arms of God and he's going to wrap you up and you're going to live in his presence now and forever. Psalm 34, 8 is an invitation. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Try him out. Blessed is the one who takes refuge. Teach me to do your will, Psalm 143, 10 says, for you are my God. May your good spirit lead me on level ground. I don't have to live up and down uh, on a roller coaster. I don't have to live, you know, uh, in in the valleys. Uh, I, I can live on the level ground of the spirit of God. If you want to understand who Jesus really is, God foreshadowed it in his revelation to to Moses in Exodus 33. And the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you and I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. Guys, in the hardness of your life, the struggles of your marriage, with your kids, with your parents, at school, I'm telling you, the Lord has caused all of his goodness to pass in front of you. His name is Jesus and he has proclaimed his name to you. And in your presence, you now know that you're invited to goodness, to a whole new way of life, that the goodness of God can become the strongest thought in all of your life. The bad is real, but love wins if we let it. Psalm 27, 13 says, I remain confident of this, that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. How many of y'all believe that? All right. I know I, 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 you, we got to say this together. I remain confident of this, that I will see the goodness of the Lord in my life while I live. Psalm 23, 6 says, surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. We've all heard Psalm 23 a thousand times. But have you heard? And, and can you picture a life where you're just living and, and everywhere you go, there's goodness and there's mercy and they're just tagging along with you, happy to be with you. And, 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 and bad and hard things happen, but guess what? Goodness and mercy, they're just back there laughing because they know God's got this. And then no matter whatever it is, he'll flip it and, and you're never gonna be alone. You're never gonna be in the dark. You're never gonna be abandoned. Goodness and mercy, they're just following you all of your life. It's a, it's a joyful picture of life. It is the strongest of strong thoughts to see this broken world through the lens of the unstoppable goodness of God in Jesus Christ. Our choice, 
more brokenness and more death in the original sin. You can do that if you want. Or redeeming love in the goodness of Jesus. Today you get to choose. I'm going to ask you simply to, to call us to prayer. We're kind of embarrassed sometimes. We don't like to, to make a move, and I appreciate you guys coming down to pray for, for, for Matt and Emily. I'm going to ask you today to take a knee, if you're willing. Again, if, if, if this is not where you are right now, no, it's not for you. But if you're, if you're on the path of faith, if you're, if you're trusting Jesus or want to, I'm going to ask you, if your knees work, take a knee. And very specifically today, this is, this is a, a critical point where what you do next matters. I'm going to ask you today to give over all of the sad of the bad of your life to Jesus and the goodness of God. And throw open the door of your heart to the indwelling Holy Spirit. And choose the goodness that he produces for the rest of your living. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that there would be a lot of address changes today. That instead of living in the brokenness of original sin, that, Father, that hundreds of us here today will choose to, to move our address into the goodness of your love. That you would specifically identify the fears in our life and God, that we would invite your Holy Spirit to eradicate those fears through the goodness of your love. So Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask that you would draw us into your presence and in these next few moments that we would surrender our lives and open our doors to the goodness of your work in the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. If you enjoyed today's message, feel free to share it with your friends. And as we like to say, love well, live Jesus, and believe big. Thank you.